Welcome to East Brainerd, everyone. Go ahead and have a seat. Hola, mi amigos. Thank you so much for joining us here today at East Brainerd. If you are new to our area, we thank you for being with us. We're so happy to have you. Uh, if you were with us last week, great job on the fire drill. You guys did amazing. Yes, uh, you did. You know, um, when you have as one of your elders, one of the battalion fire chiefs in the county, every once in a while, you just got to evacuate, you know, and... Um, Chris Wilmore was very happy with the way that everybody moved. It was really good. Uh, we hope that the system issue that was in place last week, there was no fire, there was no smoke, no problem. But we did have a system issue. And we hope that that has, um, has been taken care of. There should not be any more interruptions this morning unless today is the day for our, fire dr our, our tornado drill. I'm not for sure. Uh, we'll just have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, it's always good to practice for the real thing, and someone said last week they, they don't know if they've ever had a fire drill in the middle of worship before. Uh, so it's good to practice for the real thing, to be prepared, to be ready. That way we don't have any kind of surprises, because nobody, you know, nobody likes to be caught off guard, and it's similar to what we are all here doing this morning. We are happy to say and excited to say that we are what author Scott McKnight calls a fellowship of difference. We're a fellowship of difference. We come from different backgrounds and in some cases we come from different countries, countries of origin. We speak different languages. We have different occupations. We attend or attended different schools. We live in different different neighborhoods and, and we don't dress the same. Some people have already asked, it's like, Chris, you normally don't have a coat on, especially in the midst of summer. And I said, look, I'm going to be sharing the stage with Marco Diaz and he is the best dressed member of our staff. Right? I thought about wearing one of those marrying and burying suits, you know, but um, decided to go halfway. Marco is the one that makes us all look good. So, uh, But we don't all dress the same. We don't all vote the same. We don't all believe the same. And we don't do these same things because, well, we're different. Our families are different. The color of our skin is different. Our voices are different. But today we have come here to practice and I know some of you are going, practice? We're going to talk about practice? Yeah, we're going to talk about practice. Practicing for the day that we all gather around the throne of God. You see, there was one day when the Apostle John had the opportunity to peek around the veil separating heaven and earth. And in Revelation chapter 7, he describes what he saw, saying, There before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation tribe, people, and language. And he says they were all standing there before the throne and before the Lamb. And that they were all crying out in one voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, John looked around and he saw behind the curtain and he saw faces he saw brown faces, he saw black faces, he saw white faces, red faces, and faces that reflect every mixture in between. And these faces that he saw represented God's creation. Different people groups that, that he had intentionally breathed life into and for whom Jesus had intentionally died. And John heard them praising God and he, he, each language, and each dialect, and each accent, they were all joining together in one singular loud voice. And John witnessed 
Man, he witnessed a multicultural, multi-ethnic worship extravaganza. Heaven welcomes all people to come and to worship the Lamb. And one day, our faces and our voices will join with the great multitude that cannot be counted. But until that happens, until then, doesn't it make sense that we should desire for God's earthly kingdom to resemble his heavenly one? Shouldn't we practice in part now what we will experience in full then? Shouldn't all of our little individual kingdom outposts provide a taste of what is to come? If all people and nations and languages are welcome in heaven, then shouldn't we as heavenly citizens welcome all people and nations and languages now? Or simply put, shouldn't Christ's church be a mosaic of Christ's grace? Now I want you to take a picture of that. Alright, so you're going to take pictures, right? You're going to take pictures, and here's what I want you to do. If you're a social media person, all right, if you're a social media person, I would love for you uh, to post this sometime this week, all right? I would just love for you to put it out there that Christ's church should be a mosaic of, of Christ's grace. I want you to put that out so that other people are able to see that because God's kingdom is a fellowship of difference, different ethnicities and different social spheres and different genders, but according to Scripture, all of these differences, okay, all of these differences are one in Christ Jesus. And it is our oneness that we have come today to celebrate. You see, we are practicing for our heavenly performance. There is coming a day where we are going to join together with individuals from all nations and all tribes and all languages, and together, with one voice, we are going to declare salvation belongs to our God. And so we practice. And I know that even today, language barriers and cultural distance can make it a challenge for some. But we look forward to the day when our one voice declares together. And now look, in the meantime, nothing shows the power of Christ's grace more than oneness. It's this oneness of the kingdom that's played out before a broken, divided world that convinces others to just to give God a chance. Give God a chance and see what God can do. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says that God makes his appeal through believers, through us, and he makes this appeal for others to reunite and to be reconciled with him. And now this message, now it comes through our mouths, but it also comes out in our actions. We are God's ambassadors. And to be that, Paul says, well, it's going to require that we see and that we receive others differently. I like the way Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. He said, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. You see, because of grace, we don't measure each other against cultural standards or stereotypes. Paul said that was the mistake that people made with Jesus. He says, we once looked at Jesus like this and we judged him by human standards, but man, were we wrong. Now understand, look, we, we see our differentness. We don't deny that we come from different cultures. We don't deny that we speak different languages. We, we don't deny that our, that our skin has different shades and that our communities have different views and different fears. We know that we are not the same. We get that. But we love one another as if we were the same. We accept one another 
as if we were the same. We encourage one another as if we were the same. We're not the same. We're different. We're, we've got all kinds of differentness about us, but we are one in Christ. And as a church body, we stand in defiance against all cultural voices that attempt to divide us based on worldly metrics because we are a mosaic of grace. And we are Christ ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. So give God a chance is what we're saying. We're telling the world, give God a chance. See what God can do. And it's so important. And, and, and guys, look, what we are doing here today is, is so important. The fact, that, the fact that our congregation is made up of, of individuals that speak different languages and come from different countries and, and that we have different shades of, uh, among us it's important because God's appeal will fall on deaf ears if we cannot live as one with one another now. You see, disunity is a terrible witness. It's a terrible witness. You know, if black and white can't get along here, within church, within the community of God, then what incentive do we have to offer our racially divided communities? And if Anglo and Hispanic can't share the same space here, when the church, when the kingdom of God, then what message are we to share in a country that argues over immigration? And if old and young and, and rich and poor and Republican and Democrat can't sing praises together here and, and now, well then how will our message get a hearing in our schools and on the ball fields and in the workplaces? We'll just end up being sweet water and salt water coming out of the same faucet. We're going to be walking and talking contradictions. If we lack oneness with those already in the church, well, how in the world are we going to convince those on the outside that God is in the business of healing what is broken? You see, our, our culture shouts that different races and different cultures and different languages cannot coexist. That we are all just the sum of of our gender, or of our color, we're the sum of our sexuality, or our social status. We're young, or we're old, we're Republican or Democrat, we're rich or poor, we're black or brown or white, and we can't get along. That's what society tells us. And voices within our society tell us that we should distrust someone. Distrust someone of the opposite color, that we should look down on someone who speaks a different language or was born in a different country. That we should marginalize individuals that are from a different generation. Our voices around us tell us that we should only associate with people of our heritage and our background. That's the message that's being shouted in the marketplace and on social media. It's what we're hearing in some areas of entertainment and from voices of power. But I'm here to tell you this morning that Christ's grace shouts a different story. Christ's grace shouts, come and see. Christ's grace says, come and see. Come and see what grace can do. Come and see a multicultural, multi-generational family of believers who share a oneness in Christ Jesus. Come and see a church of difference. I think it's why when the Apostle Paul was writing about how Jews and, and Gentiles, two groups that were completely different, when he was writing about how that they could be one in Christ Jesus, he wrote, I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, that God's purpose, God's purpose in bringing together difference was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. Perhaps the translation that you normally read from talks about the manifold wisdom of God and how it was made known in the church. 
that it was on full display. Now here's what's cool. In the original language, the text literally says that God's wisdom, get this, is many different colors. Now I want you to think about that picture. Think about that picture. The many different colored wisdom of God. The ultra-diverse, multi-shaded wisdom of God is to be seen in an ultra-diverse, multi-shaded church. A kingdom of difference. A church of difference. Christ's church should be a mosaic of Christ's grace. And guys, it's going to take a church of difference to validate our message to a fragmented, isolated, and divided world. You see, it's the mosaic of grace, the mosaic of difference that is at the heart of the appeal of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before his death, Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He said, I'm, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And he goes on to say, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Now earlier in the prayer, Jesus acknowledged, you know what? The world doesn't know God and the world hates his followers. Now there's a great starting point for a mission trip, right? All right, I'm going to send you out and I'm going to send you into the world and you're going to talk about God. I just want you to know that people don't believe in him and that people don't like you. Now go, be fruitful, multiply. It's a great thing. That's what Jesus told his followers. But in a world that's like that, understand, in a world that's like that, all the church has to convince the world of the reality of God is the clear evidence that the good news of Jesus Christ and his grace actually works. A people who are as different as night and day, but they are one with one another and with God. That is what people need to be seeing. John would say in another location in your scripture that anyone who claims to love God but hates his brother is a liar. He says if you don't love your brother or sister, that, that person who's a part of the kingdom, who is different from the, you, whom you have seen, he says how can you love God whom you have not seen? What if God looks different than you? Guess what? He does. And he is. The world cannot possibly begin to believe in the reality of an unseen God extravagant in mercy, lavish in goodness, bent on redeeming and reconciling and restoring the creation until the kingdom of God, the church, is a living object lesson of this very thing. Friends, our best witness is our oneness. It's the best thing that we got going for us. The best thing that we've got going for us in the kingdom of God, it's not some, it's not some preaching or teaching. It, it, it's not some worshiping. It, it, it's not any kind of events that we plan. The best message that we have to show people that the good news of Jesus Christ is real is right here and right now. As we have individuals who are together, who are different, but who are one because of Christ Jesus. Our witness is our oneness. And so that's why we practice. I mean, that's why we practice. Not just by coming together, you know, once a month and, and sharing communion and offering up our, our praise to God. 
that we practice. Whether we're on our campus or in our neighborhoods, we practice being compassionate and forgiving. We practice being merciful and kind. We practice being gentle and, and peaceful and joyful. We practice sharing meals and, and hugs. We practice welcoming. We practice being welcoming to white and to black and to brown and to biracial and every tone that's, that's in between. We practice not caring about bank accounts or relationship status. We practice by, by including poor and rich and, and single and, and married and divorced and widowed. We practice by supporting public school and homeschool and private school. We practice by focusing on a person's heart and not on their appearance. We practice because we want to be ready. We want to be ready for that day when we get to join in heaven's multicultural, multi-ethnic worship extravaganza. And we're looking forward to that day. And we, we practice because there is no better witness than our oneness. And we practice because heaven's expectation is not yet our reality. Friends, our vision for our East Brainerd family, and if you're new, you might be seeing this for the first time. If you've been here before, you have, you have heard this, you have seen it, you have gone through different lessons about it. But our vision for our EB family is to be an intergenerational, multicultural family of disciples who relevantly engage our community with the, with the grace and good news of Jesus Christ. That's how we, or what we see ourselves becoming. But our church has a long way to go to seeing that vision fulfilled. We don't reflect necessarily the community that is around us. And we don't fully know how best to address the social concerns of our, our black and our Hispanic members. And, and we struggle to keep our generations together. It's not that our vision is flawed. It's just that our progress is slow. And so we practice. We daily practice what it looks like to be one in Christ Jesus. Because we're a fellowship of difference. So we practice. We practice bringing a little bit of heaven to our corner of Tennessee. And we invite anyone who has been beaten down by a fragmented, isolated, and divisive world to join us as we daily practice what it looks like to be one in Christ. You see, our heavenly performance is just around the corner. It could be sooner rather than later. And there's coming a day where we're going to join our voices with those who have gone on before us. And until that day, we'll practice joining our voices with one another. With those of you who are here now and those that God will send us in the future. And I look forward to joining my voice with yours, then and now, as we stand and sing as one voice, salvation belongs to our God. Will you join me, please? <laughs>